Hey there, and welcome to Mañana Mana, where we will dive deeper into the meanings of scriptures and relate them to current events. Now here are your hosts, Brother James, Moises, and Junior. Welcome back, everybody, to Mañana Mana. Welcome back, Brother James. Good morning, everyone. Junior, thank you, Jesus. Hey, everybody. All right. Uh, again, y'all caught me. I'm I'm holding back the laugh this time. We we had Brother James raising the roof, or his version of it. It looked like a cross between the the alligator and the electric slide all at once. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. All right. So yeah, again, you know, welcome back, all of our listeners out there. Uh, just want to remind everybody, just starting off, that we are on YouTube now. So Brother James, go ahead, raise the roof. If y'all could just see. <laughs> yeah, so if y'all want to drop a comment on there, y'all, you've got me really thrown off here, brother. But yeah, oh, just drop me. drop a comment on YouTube and, and be sure to like us on there as well. So, brothers, today we're going to be talking about turning tools into weapons. Now, you might... I, I, had, I had to pull a brother James here because he always makes me think about when he does his topics. He makes me really... I have to really analyze the topics whenever you, you send them over because I'm always trying to get in the mindset of Captain Holybeard and, <laughs> and, and really just, okay, what's, what does he mean when he's putting those dots in there and so forth? So, uh, so I took one from the old uh, Brother James playbook. Mm. And so this turning tools into weapons isn't about, hey, I'm going to turn this rock into a device the way David did with Goliath. This turning tools into into uh, weapons is when we turn tools into weapons against ourselves. Mm. So you're talking about like God's tools that he gave us and turn them against ourselves? Absolutely. Mm. Or deny to use them. Uh, or, or deny to use them. Oh, yeah. oh because like we know too. silence is a weapon. Mm. Just saying. Man, I like that. Mm. I like where y'all already going with this. So, yeah. so we're going to dive right in. And, and I want to take the familiar verse. If you've been around the church long enough, then you've heard this, but it's out of the book of Isaiah 54, 17, and it reads, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. And so now, now we love to say this when we're talking about the devil, the enemy, or when someone wants to rise up against me, I'm so quick to think that verse through, right? Come on. The question today is, but what happens when we are forming those weapons against ourselves or we're using our own tongue to rise up against ourselves? So, you know, with that being said, Brother James, we're going to start talking about when I don't feel equipped. Yeah, I know this is going to be a tough topic topic for a lot of people, uh, including myself. Um there's been so many times I've said self, and I say it just like this. Self, you got a big mouth, but I think this time you don't chew it off. You don't bit more than you can chew. And that's how I talk to myself when I say that. Because I know I've done got myself into a deep hole or a big, too big of a pool boy. But anyway, uh, going into Isaiah 54, 17, it's always a great thing until you turn it on yourself. So, and you know that lame old enemy you love, that's one of his best tools, like the little tricks, you know, he likes to get us to do that. So in Exodus 4 and 10, right, 
it says, then Moses said to the Lord, please, Lord, I am not a man of words, eloquent or fluent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and tongue, right? But then verses 11 and 12, God corrects him and reminds Moses, who's made your mouth? Or who's made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute and the deaf? Or the seeing of the blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now then go, and I, even I, will be with your mouth and will teach you what you shall say. And it's funny you said Isaiah 54, 17, because if you go back one verse where it says verse 16 and you compare it, it says, I have created the smith who blows the fire on the coals or created the coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. And I have created the destroyer to inflict that harm. I am your God and I have created. So take those tools and use them. And like you said that Moses pleaded with the Lord, right? And saying, Oh Lord, I'm not very good with my words. I never have been. And I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue tied, right? And my words get tangled. That sounds like me. And it's so it's very easy to be our own judge and our own worst critic. It's also easy to use the characteristics we view as flaws, as means of doubt and a means to disqualify ourselves from many things. And that the Lord, you know, the Lord has given us the task that he has laid before us. But we refuse because we don't, you know, we don't trust each other. We don't have faith in you. Know, we don't have that faith. Yep. So, you know, just as Moses, we all have something about us that we believe that disqualifies us from being able to do God's work and being used by him overall. But however, the Lord does not disqualify us on account of our flaws or shortcomings. Right. So the Lord, as he equipped Moses, who had a speech impediment, used him to deliver his words and his people. So God can do the same for us, right? There yeah. is nothing that the Lord cannot use, so... We only need to be hum to humble ourselves and allow the Lord to have its way with us, you know. So um, while it would seem to be a logical thing to do, you know, here we have Moses arguing with God. And he was actively engaged with what we would today call a pity party. So he argues with him, right? Like we said, they can talk. He's not able to. He's, he's got a speech impediment. And in the midst of the excuses, God asked Moses a simple question. In Exodus 4, 2. And it says, what is that in your hand? So Moses looks at his hand and answers, it's a shepherd's staff. So then the Lord tells him to throw it down in the ground. And then Moses threw it down on the ground, throws the staff in the ground and turned to snake. And then Moses jumps back. God tells him to pick it up by the tail and it turns back to its staff. So over the next 40 years of Moses' life, God uses the simple wooded stick to deliver deliver the Israelites from Pharaoh to open the Red Sea to win the battle with the uh, Am Amalekites and to bring water from the rock. Mm. So who would have thought, right? <laughs> so you yeah. see Moses learned to use in faith in what God had put in his hand and his, his life changed right after that. And build the confidence, um, trusting God more and equip God equipped you know, people also in various ways. As we talk about talent and all that too, right? So we need to offer God in faith what we has given us, no matter how simple and how God will use it and sometimes supernaturally to do his work. 
and God can use what we have in new and wonderful ways. Moses, I love, I love what you're talking about, that God doesn't disqualify us because, you know, you, you've given all the, the examples of how God still used Moses, but I don't think God ever is going to ask us of anything that we're not equipped to do. He's not going to ask me to dunk a basketball because these legs aren't equipped to dunk a basketball. Now, if he wanted me to, you would be jumping. <laughs> if he wanted me to, he'll yep. miracle me up there. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's out of a movie, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, the fact is that for him to argue with God, for Moses to say, "I'm not good with words," you know, I get I get tongue tied, you know, I, you know, but God created. Moses, he knew what what Moses's capabilities are and are not, and so the fact is, God was calling Moses, and Moses didn't even realize it. He had already prepared Moses for the calling, yeah. right? He he had Moses spared at birth, yep. you know, when he could have been eaten up in the in the Nile by the by the crocodile. I had to throw some some word rhyming in there. Yeah, you right. Uh, he was nursed by his own mother, who taught him who Yahweh was, who God you know right. was, and his own true identity. He allowed him to be in the wilderness for the forty years, so he was already equipped to be in the wilderness. And, and Moses grew up in the house of Pharaoh, so you know he already had the best teaching. He already knew all the etiquettes of what it was like to be in Pharaoh's house, so he wasn't a stranger to the house of Pharaoh. But if you think about it, you know, we do it all the time to ourselves. We're our own worst critics, our, our own worst enemies. Uh, when it comes to, to talking in front of crowds or even talking on podcasts, I, this is where I know God has his hand on me doing this because my wife can even tell you, and shout out to our wives because uh, this, this is not a shameless plug. Yeah, you're right. So, so for everybody listening, we are going to have a, a Mother's Day special Coming up, yeah. where all of our wives are going to be on there telling us what to—I mean, telling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> easy, easy. Hopefully not our secrets. Uh, and our yeah, not our secrets, right? <laughs> but I—I uh, I, I struggle. I—I I, I can relate to what Moses is saying. Um, there's times I stutter. There's times that I—I I, I do not like being in front of people talking. My, my wife always tells me, um, "I know you're nervous, or I know your blood pressure's up because your ears are glowing red." Because I can, I've done it for so many years, and I still can't stand talking in front of people. I I guarantee, if I check my heart rate right now, I, I, I guarantee my heart rate is is through the roof right now. Every time we do these podcasts, but who am I to argue with with God and say I'm not going to do this? Right. You know, I don't want God mad at me. You know, so I I can understand and I can relate to what Moses is saying. Now, put your name there, whatever it is. Whoever's listening, right? Uh, Billy, Joe, Tom, Tim, Susie, Sally, whoever it is. Rothschild. Uh, put, put your name there, and I guarantee you can think of a way that you've put a limitation on yourself or say, well, God, I can't do that mm. because of whatever it may be, right? So it's easy to talk about Moses, and I'm not talking about Brother Moses on the podcast with us, but Brother <laughs> Moses from the book of Exodus it's easy to say, man, how are you going to argue with God? But I know I'm guilty. I'm I, guilty. I, I've, argued with, I've argued with God, maybe not verbally, mm. maybe even sometimes. I'm yep. pretty sure if I really think about it, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure I've, I've spoken out, you know, yeah. and argued with God myself. But, you know, that makes me think of, 
of David, right? Mm. You know, he had an anointing on him and he had a choice on how he could obey or disobey God, right? Yeah. I mean, going back, reading Second Samuel uh, chapters 11, 12, actually all the way from 7, all the way up to 12, uh, you know, it just goes to show you like the type of stuff. And he was, a, he was, David was a man after God's own heart, you know, uh, that doesn't, I mean, he was, he was still wrapped up in flesh. He was a man, right? So he ain't, he had God, but what he was a, of his heart, meaning that he was striving to be, you know, he loved God. He loved the presence of God, but he still jacked things up, right? <clears throat> um, and this is the kid that was out tending flock. You know, and came and slew old Goliath. Uh, this is the one who rose to be king through God because God wanted, you know, so he had faith in God, but yet he still put everybody at risk. Why? Because he wasn't doing the things he was supposed to be doing with his God-anointed gifts. God anointed him. It's like, well, you know what? Hmm. Let me see. Oh, what's that on that rooftop? Oh my goodness! He wasn't raising the roof in the right. No, way. No, he was not raising the roof <laughs> in the right way. Uh, and I mean, if you read those that chapter, I think it was chapter eleven, that just broke down that that little story of what he did. I mean, that was that was a pretty big, you know, loops of daisy among many. Uh, but we tend to jack things up because of the desires of our flesh. And when I'm not, I'm not just talking about, you know, uh, for the guys out there, the ladies, and I'm not just talking about the ladies for the guys, uh, but anything that pleases our flesh, our wants, um, if it's not God first, then we, we, we're going to be screwing it up. Um, but so he had, God had prophet Nathan, right? In verses, I think it was seven and eight to lay the smack down. Like he, he gave him, you know, he's like, look, you got to go tell this king that, he screwed up. He's going to pay for it. And so he's got to figure out how to do all that, you know, uh, which is putting him. So we have to understand that our sins usually cause other people strive. So if we're not using our tools that God gave us to do the things that he wanted us to do, right, our anointings uh, for the right reasons, we can get in a lot of trouble. Not as just other people do. <laughs> So, you know, as we're using this second topic about, you know, the story of David and Bathsheba, right? We were talking about thinking about um, making their own choices on how to use what God anointed with. So the example we are using for this is the story of David. Uh, in this story, we have David abusing what God gave him to get what he wants without thinking of the consequences. You know, he felt the king, he felt like powerful, and frankly, he forgot who gave him that power, right? So he forgot that God made him king, and he felt arrogant enough to sin against God. He took advantage of Bathsheba, slept with her, causing her to sin against God, and then killed her husband, Uriah, after he found out that she was pregnant. So for a while, David felt like he was able to get away with it. David felt that he was in control. He forgot who put him on the throne. For some of you who have prayed for days, for a promotion or a raise, right, and finally get it, you soon find yourself forgetting how you got there and feel entitled to be there. 
But we all know that when we sin against God, our sins have a way to come back to us. So David had these sins come back to haunt him until he broke and begged God for his forgiveness. Yeah, you, you're right about that. Um, so what was some of those sins? It was the, the arrogance, you know. Uh, God's blessings can make us feel self-sufficient, arrogant, and spiritually dull to God's voice unless we are very careful to remain humble and thankful, you know. Uh, don't let blessings make us spiritually soft. Um, the temptation, right, which isn't a sin. Jesus was tempted but it's how we fall and what we falter to. Uh, so even godly men and women can be tempted and fall, right? We're not Jesus, right? We're not perfect, uh, but we must put a guard around ourselves so that we don't ruin what God by his grace has built into our lives. We're, we're not immune to it, you know? Um, in fact, in James chapter one, it says we're supposed to uh, delight in divers temptations because by rejecting them, it builds patience, right? So one of the things is covering up our sins, right? Uh, it can be worse. This is something that I learned from that chapter. It can be worse than the sin itself by covering it up. Uh, honesty and confessions are better than covering it up. Um, and I have some scripture here uh, back in Psalms 32, verses 3 and 5. I'm going to give you all some homework. Go look that up. Uh, <clears throat> so confrontation is confronting people, uh, with their sins. And this is, this is what I was talking about. Uh, prophet Nathan is a delicate task that God sometimes asked his servants to perform with gentleness, uh, gentleness. Um, so bear ye one of another burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, this is Galatians chapter six, two and three, uh, for if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. So don't take it upon yourself. But if God shows you how to do it, you can save a precious believer from ruin. Uh, and the other is we need to learn how to repent. And God will honor repentance. Uh, if we come with humility and turn away from our sins, uh, Psalm 51 can help you do that as well. Um, and another thing uh, is mercy. God is very merciful. Uh, he's slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Uh, you can trust your future into the hands of such a God, even if you've sinned grievously. Jesus is our Savior. Uh, the enemy will use all he can to keep you stuck in your sin, right? And then what is that sin? Is doing, working yourself away from God, right? Pulling yourself away from the will of God. And God has given us these things, these anointings, these tools. And if we're not using them the way they're supposed to be appointed, then we are sinning, basically. Um, so the devil will even go as far as assigning you your own evil spirit, which is a familiar spirit, to record your life, right? And he'll bring it up. And that's a whole other topic on that spiritual thing. But God's grace, grace is sufficient, Amen. And, and I don't want to, you know, beat on David too much. He already had enough beating in his lifetime, you know, but David was anointed at a very young age. Right. I mean, you know, when man, my mind just went blank, Samuel went to his house. Right. And then the long story short, you know, when David was finally anointed, 
David didn't go straight and sit on the throne. You know, mm-hmm. he still had to go through through life before he got there. And still, even after he made it into the into the palace, when King Saul was still there, he still had, you know, his, his struggles that he had to endure before. But once he finally got there, we see where, where, where David did get, get tripped up, you know, up on the rooftop. And so just talking a little bit about that, you know, he wasn't even supposed to be there. He was supposed to be off at, at war, right? They said once a year when it came time, they would want the king to go out or the king was supposed to go out. So for a couple reasons that I heard, right, he was uh, for the king not to get comfortable and forget what it, you know, what the war was like. And, uh, and, and that's what, and I'm assuming, you know, for reasons like this. So while the men are out, you know, the king's not the only guy around with, you know, however many women, you know, left at home while their husbands are off off at war. But for whatever reason, David chose to stay behind. You know, he he was out of he was out of position. You know, he had an an anointing. And 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 I believe even though we, we read about the physical attack, which was the temptation, it makes me think about. Uh, again, about what our anointings are. You know, we talked about this in the last podcast, I believe, where we talked about our talents that, that God has given us and, and the first fruits that we're supposed to get back. And and when God gives us that anointing, maybe it's not to be an anointing to be the king like, like David was, but the anointing we have, are we using that properly or are we leaving it to the side? Like Brother Moses said at the very beginning, you know, if my anointing is to go out into the streets and give the message to, you know, random people. And if, the, if, if that's a harsh anointing, but if that's what God's called me to do, am I out of position with my anointing? And now am I turning that tool into a weapon that the enemy is now using to prevent more people from hearing the word of God? Mm, come on. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it, it, cause in, in second Corinthians 10, uh, four, it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not merely human, but powerful to God for the tearing down of fortresses, tearing down arguments and all pride that is raised up against the knowledge of God and taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And that was out of the Lexham English Bible. But with that being said, so if, if it says that our weapons of our warfare are not merely human, but powerful to God for the tearing down of fortresses. Well, if the weapons that we have you know, if, if God's designed those weapons for us to go out and tear down those strongholds and we're not even picking them up. Right. We're mm-hmm. not going out to war because that's what David did. His his crime, we're going to call it a crime. His crime or his sin in this sense, he did not go out to war. He did not pick up his tool and go out to war. Right. So how many of us today are doing the same thing David did and not picking up our tool and going out to war? I know what my struggle is and that my struggle is, like I said earlier, just about this podcast, but there's so many, man, if, if you can see the chaos and the gunfire that goes off in my head when it comes to doing God's work, mm, come on. the biggest thing with me has always fallen back on that. And, and this is, and, and I'm probably going to need a second to breathe. So I'm going to hand this off to you, brother James. So be yeah. ready as I hand it off so I can give myself time to build up for this. But it's that I will never be good enough. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so mm, it's tough. Second Corinthians 12, uh, 7 through 10, right? 
because of the surpassing greatness and extraordinary nature of the revelations which I have received from God, for this reason, to keep me from thinking of myself as important, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to torment and harass me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might leave me. Verse 9, but he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness, my mercy are more than enough, always available, regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may completely enfold me and may dwell in me. So I am well pleased with weaknesses and insults, with distresses, with persecutions, and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly drawing from God's strength. Ooh. I mean, that's where we're at. We got to say, hey, it's all to the glory of God. God gave me the first fruit, or I am the first fruit of him, his being, right? So I have to provide him the first fruit. He's given me an anointing. Use it for the right purpose, right? Don't, don't let that tool laid to waste because God had a plan for each one of us when we were before we were born. And if we don't use it, it's every single one of us, right? We don't use it. And I think you said in the last uh, uh, podcast about Spurgeon, I think you had said something about a heart and how the, all the fluids are constantly going through, right? And if it lays to sit, starts a disease, starts eating away. And I'm sorry, man, but that's like a mic drop, right? <laughs> I mean, do I really need to say anything else? You know, faith must prevail. And that's believing that God has given us what we needed to be done when he calls us to do a job. And that's, you know, my scripture, Proverbs 35 and 6. You know, this reminds me of a story when uh, Jesus sees a hungry crowd. And this is not for relatable, right? Well, it's relatable, but it's not from what we studied and or we had the topics. So, um, you know, Jesus sees a hungry crowd. He says to his disciples, you feed them. So they are stunned by the magnitude, right, of the need. Andrew, one of the disciples, checks around, and there's a boy, and finds a boy stating, you know, there's a boy here with five loaves and two fishes. So what? Jesus ignores his unbelief, right? Because it's not enough. Obviously, they had 5,000. So then he takes the bread and the fish, lifts them up to God in thanksgiving, and then begins to distribute them to people until all 5,000 plus women and children have been fed. That's how God works to get things done, by weak people doing an inventory and then offering it mm. to Jesus what they have. Mm. So it might not be big, but you when you offer it to God, you can multiply. You know, you can reach the masses. You know, what we're doing here is just amazing, right? That we're here we're sitting and talking, hoping we can reach the few, right? Yeah. Hoping we can be fruitful enough 
and we just never know how things might grow and who we can God reach, right? And it might just triple down and multiply. Amen. So, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ, what do we have in our hands? What gifts, skills, resources, relationships, interests, or opportunity to do what, what you have that God can use? We just need, if anything, we have to humble ourselves and let God use us. You know, um, God forgives us, you know, and we go back to the story of David where, you know, he, when Nathan, you know, brings it up to him, hey, you've been sinning, right? Yeah. You've been arrogant. You've been doing this and God has not forgotten. You know, at one point, David thought probably that he was, uh, you know, that he got away with it. He thought he got rid of all the things he had. He's good to go. But, you know, when Nathan brought this to him, it made him realize, hey, God, God's not forgotten about him. Right. You know, has not forgotten about your sin, and you need to change your ways. And I like it in that story uh, in Psalms 51, where he goes and begs God for change, right? Yeah. To change his ways and humble himself. And I'm just going to read it out to you guys, because yeah. it's, just, it's just amazing. And, you know, what we can do, what, what he had to do, he had to humble himself. And it draws you back to being obedient with that, with what? the anointing that God gives you, right? Amen. So in the Bible, it tells us in Psalms 51, you know, David pleads out to God, you know, he says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquities and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you alone have I sinned and done what is evil to your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desire faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in the secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. And this is what I love the most when it says, let the bones you have crushed mm. rejoice. Come on. You know, if you listen to that, let the bones you, God, have crushed rejoice. Right. So there is, God will break you. Yeah. He's not just mm. a loving God, but he's a righteous God. Right. You know, and he, if he has to break you to bring you back to what he wants you to do, to what he anointed you to do, then he will do it. And you hear, you hear David. David was not an exempt from this. Right. So he asked him, right? Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create me in pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So don't cast me from your presence or take the Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then, and only then, I will teach transgressors your ways, so that sinners will turn back to you. So deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God, my Savior. And my tongue will sing of your righteousness, and open my lips, O Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifices, or I will bring it out. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is broken, a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart you god will not despise may it please you to prosper in zion to build up the walls of jerusalem and then you will delight in the sacrifice of the righteous in burnt offering offered whole and then bulls will off 
offered onto your altar. It's just amazing that God can break you, right? When you have to do. So when you think that things are going all right, because, you know, you're, you think you're hiding from God and things that God mm -hmm. asking you to do and the gifts that he's given you and you're not using them, there might be a, a come to wait. You know, if David was not exempt, you will not be exempt from that. Right. He will crush your bones, but he will also mold you mm. and bring you back. Come on. So Amen. it's just uh, amazing. You know, it's a fruit for thought. Uh, honor him. Stay loyal to him. And, you know, he will, he will give you the tools necessary to, for you to be fruitful in his house. No excuse. When you were saying that what you were going to talk about doesn't relate when the disciples, you know, when he told the disciples, you feed the, you know, you feed them. You know, can you imagine? Mm. I mean, if, if, if you told me by myself, when we're out in the middle of nowhere, feed 10 people, I, I would, I would be the same thing. Yeah, I would have the same mindset. I'm not equipped. How am I going to do this? Now, just because there was 12 doesn't mean it was any easier especially when you add 5,000, you know, people into the mix, men, not counting women and children. Right. But you did say something else, Moses. You know, you said he will equip us, right? Yeah. And they brought a little boy. Mm-hmm. And that little boy brought a buffet with yeah, him. Yeah, he did. You know what I mean? And, and so when, when Brother James, when you were reading uh, about Paul, you know, he's talking about the, the, the thorns in his side and, yeah. and, the, and the three, you know, three times he, he asked God, you know, Hey, remove this from me. And man, I thought I was giving myself enough time to, <laughs> to work through it. <laughs> yeah, I know it's right. Come on. Um, here, I'll, I'll start it off this way. Maybe this will help me out. So when I looked up the, the word thorn and how it translated, so it's an actual Greek word that means scallops, not scallops. So scallops. Oh, I was hungry. <laughs> and, it's, and that word is defined as a pointed piece of wood a pail or a stake. Paul's not saying, I've always misinterpreted it as a rose bush thorn. Yeah, you, you and me both. No, and that's, I mean, I've, I've, been, I've been pricked by a thorn. It, it hurts. I've had a splinter. It's, it's annoying, right? Yeah, it's annoying. It's, yeah. The word Paul used here was, I have this big piece of wood stuck in my side. And he's asking God, you know, take this, you know, take this from me. And, and, and I couldn't help but, but relate, you know, there, there's been so many times I've, I've, you know, I've cried out to God, you know, God, this is, this is my, like David, my sins are ever before me. My, my wrongdoings are ever before me. And, and, and the devil does a good enough job reminding us yeah. of our flaws. You know what I mean? We don't, oh, yeah. we don't even need to remind ourselves at all because the devil's going to remind us of our flaws. I remember, so even though I, I got in the church at, at the age of 11 and, um, you know, I had my hiccups with my walk, my walk with God. When I came back into to church, I guess a year and a half ago now that, that we, you know, finally made up our mind to get back solid in the church, I came in ashamed. You know, I... I thank God for, for our pastors because besides my, uh, besides my wife, the only other person I told that shame to was him where I came in. I said, I failed God. I walked away. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm. I walked away from him. And when I came back, when I came back into church, the devil, every time I would walk back in, 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 in through that doorway, the devil would remind me. And, and I bought into the Kool-Aid, man, that I drank the whole pitcher. Yeah. I believed that I had lost my opportunity, that God was never going to use me again. Mm. And mm. It, the devil made it sound so enticing. There was times I thought God was telling me, I'm never going to use you again. That's how much I bought in to that, to that lie of the pits of hell. Right. And it was a shame that I carried almost for the first year that I was back in church. I would see pastor preaching or somebody else up at the pulpit or, you know, uh, just, just watching people pray for other people. And I was ashamed to go pray for somebody. Mm. And I've expressed this to y'all yeah. where I have this thing that I can't go pray for somebody. You know, there was something that was it. Yeah. I, I couldn't, I couldn't find anything in me that God was forgiving me for, you know, for walking away from him. Mm. And so I understand what Paul was saying, not this thorn, but I got this big stake in my side. I got this big uh, piece of wood that is just there. And the devil was constantly reminding me and reminding me and reminding me. And the tool that God gave me, which was his mercy and his grace. Yeah. I turned that into a weapon and said, not for me. Mm. Yeah. That mercy and that grace isn't for me. It's for, it's for the family sitting next to me. It's not for, you know, it's mm. not for me and my family. You know, we, we screwed up. We, we walked away. And, but again, that, that a lie straight from the pits of hell yeah. that I believed. Oh, but brothers, <laughs> I always wanted to say this, but God, oh, come on, right? Yeah. But God, God, he told Paul the same thing that, that he finally got through this thick skull of mine. And that was my grace is sufficient. And that tool that was a bad weapon against me. Thank God I woke up one day and realized that tool is a weapon for me mm. to use against the enemy. And that's why the devil had to try so hard to convince me that God wasn't going to use me anymore and that I lost my my opportunity because the devil knew that if I could just hold on to just, if I would just get a hold of that grace, if I would just get a hold of that mercy, oh man, the, the, yeah. the devil knew, the devil knew. It. And, and, and that's why he had to convince me so well that that it wasn't going to happen anymore. So I completely understand what Paul was saying. Yeah, I completely get it. And you know what? This this is comes back again. What it's so amazing how it's no accident that we're together here because we share our sins. We share our, our sins, right? And me, I also have those struggles, right, with my PTSD and the anxiety and the depression that comes with it the lack of self-esteem that I'll share with it, the struggles that I have. And when I woke up, I, you know, it's all that reali uh, realization that I hurt my family. Mm. I didn't, you know, my children, my wife, and all those spins that I caused them to go through those storms that I always speak to, 
that, you know, that I prayed to God. I prayed on a daily basis to, to get rid of it, you know, to let, let, let that anxiety, let that thing that they call, you know, PTSD go away from me. Father, save me from it. But in one day, I felt that God told me, my, just like Paul, reading in Paul's stories, my grace should be sufficient. Mm -hmm. And it was not through these trials. And as I dug my feet in and walked with God and then everything and being obedient in the things that he asked me to, it was then that I noticed that tool of the grace and how to use it. And how to use it in, in the sense that, you know, you have to, that yet I might sit there, but with his grace, you have persevered. And by his grace, you will survive this. Yeah. Because the enemy will use it. And the enemy might have it there, at a, you know, at, a, at his thing to use. But to know, hey, you can be there all you want. But as long as I take one step at a time, walking towards God, you know, you cannot touch me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, I mean, just knowing who I was before you know, that person that called it all brainwashed and that, that, that anytime anybody would bring up the topic of God or anything like that, and I, I, I kind of feel where you were coming, both of y'all were coming from, because I would sit there and try to tear them apart. I would sit there and tell them, it's brainwashing, man. You know, and then we got into church, and I felt that same disconnect, like, that's not for me. I see these people having living amazing lives. And even though I felt the spirit, you know what? It was hard for me to go pray to someone because I felt like one of the biggest hypocrites of all. And that, that's what that devil was playing on me. He's like, how are you going to go pray for this dude? You were just sitting there calling this other guy, whatever, you know? But he kept one step, one step told me, this is how you have to worship, James. This is what you need to do. Check this scripture out. This is how you love people. And one step at a time, he was showing me that grace. He was showing me, I forgive you. You're coming into the, my light. You're, you are coming into my light, my grace, my mercy, my love for you. This is what you can do for me. Use my tools that I give you. Yeah, the thing too that I learned is is um, brokenness is necessary, right? When we talk about David, and you know we talk about Paul and the, how the grace should be sufficient with what you do. Um, what I also learned is that hey, I don't, you know, I really don't want to forget what I've done. You know, I really don't want to completely get rid of PTSD because every time that happens, you know. The devil might think he's hurting me, but he's bringing me back to what God has done in my life, right? That, yeah, I got a lot of things to do, but hallelujah, I'm not where I used to be. That's right. You know, I have changed. I'm different. You know, I got a lot of struggles to go, but he has saved me. And I have sheltered me from him. And it's just, you know, such a blessing to be able to walk and learn as we grow together in church. You know, in our lives, um, it's just amazing what God has been able to do with us. And I don't want to forget that. I don't want to forget where yeah. I was. Because imagine, like, remember uh, this sermon that we, I was listening to where he gives an example. If God takes away that from you and you don't remember your sin, 
then how grateful are you going to be for the things he's done? You take That's away right. Amen. what God has done for you. You take his glory. So in that sense, I don't want it for God to take it away because I want, it reminds me of where I used to be. And it keeps me alive to what he, you know, to yeah. the greatest things that he's done in our lives. Amen. Oh, man. Someone cutting a bunch of onions. Oh, bro. I <laughs> uh, see him, though. So, so just, just wrapping up, um, you know, we, we talked about in the beginning how uh, tools and, and so forth. And I just want to remind everybody, I mean, tools can be used one way or the other, right? Good or bad. You know, we, we, we use tools to break things down. We use tools to build things up. The question is to everybody listening, and the question is to, to us, you know, right now on this podcast is, what are we going to use those tools for? Are we going to use them uh, as methods to build ourselves up? And so God can build us up to build and edify each other. Um, are we going to turn them into weapons to use against the enemy? Are we going to turn them into weapons to use against ourselves? Um, it's easy. And to everybody listening, it's easy to find to find ways to use tools against ourselves, it's 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 part of our daily lives. And, and I was thinking uh, about this as I was writing, you know, my notes to to wrap all this up. We even buy these tools to break ourselves down. There's yeah. things like if you look, people pay to take IQ tests, uh, personality tests, the Meyer Briggs. There's endurance tests. There's and when, when we're done taking those tests. We use those things to break ourselves down. I don't know how many times I've heard this last year. People say, oh, well, I took this test and I'm an introvert. <laughs> and what do we use with that? Oh, I'm an introvert. I can't go talk to people. Right. Yeah. You're, you're okay with it. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, no, it's good. Uh, you know, uh, I can't spread the message because I'm an introvert. Stop taking the Facebook quiz. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, um, you know, I, I my IQ is at this level, so I can't study the word. I can't research the word of God because my IQ says that I am, you know, I learn at this level and the Bible's too deep for me. Mm, whoa, whoa, mm, well, mm. slow down, Moses. <laughs> but so, again, we find these tools and we've created tools and but everybody, just remember, the devil's doing a good enough job to remind us of how we're not capable and we're not worthy. We don't need to do it to ourselves or to each other. Right. Right? You know, that's what amazing when you said, uh, I'm an introvert. But when you use the introvert and you give it to God, mm. that's where the miracle is seen. That, yeah, yo, I'm an introvert, but I still, I speak because God is mm -hmm. using me. And that's just amazing when we're the opposite, where, you know, where science where humanity tells you no, God says yes, it can be done. God took Moses, a man that couldn't speak, and he freed a nation. Mm. Yeah, he that's right. freed a nation with a man that couldn't speak, right? So God gave us the right tools because he's perfect. He knows what, his time, what time it is, and he's going to prepare us. He will never set us up to fail. So he didn't intend for us to use that pocket knife trying to undo that screw. Mm -hmm. 
there's a lot of danger that could happen with that. Use the tools the way it was meant to be mm. tooled. And how do you know that? Get in that book. Get in that Bible. Pray. Ask for wisdom. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. The right tool for the right job. Uh, they, oh, yeah. Made me think of when Jesus that. told the disciples, this comes through pray. Okay, well, uh-huh. that, that, that's a yep, whole yep. nother see, podcast. See. All right. Man, another one, another one in the books. Amen. So uh, just remember, everybody, to subscribe and follow us on any podcast platform that's out there. Also on YouTube, be sure to drop a comment, drop a like. Drop a subscribe, all of that, those all dropping. The fancy yeah. Social media. All term. the dropping and raising the roof on the right and the right. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. He just did it again. <laughs> all righty. So we are praying for everybody, but just a reminder if you do need, if you have a prayer request, be sure to send that to us or just let us know how God's been just blessing your life. So uh, God bless you, everybody. God bless you, Brother James, Brother Moses. God bless God you, bless Junior, everybody. Brother Moses, and everybody out there in podcast land. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Mañana Mana. We pray you are blessed and that you may find strength through it. Be sure to follow us and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, Pandora, or any other podcast where available. Thank you.